Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome along to episode 81 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast. Hot on the heels um, of episode 80, taking place a mere half a year ago. Anyway, I'm sure you've all been clawing at your uh, your screens, your headphones, your podcasting services, because nothing else has happened in that time. Um, of course, uh, nothing's happened with, with us either. <laughs> We've been sat completely static um, and eager to get back on this. So... On this week's show, uh, I think we're going to explain a little bit as to where we've been, uh, why Sofa Manager has been missing, and what we intend to do to zhuzh up, or not, <laughs> the content in the future. So, joining myself, Paul, the ropiest announcer, and now the ropiest cameraman in Scotland, uh, more to follow on that, it is the on-tour connoisseur, our man in London, John Brown. Hello, John. Hello. Welcome back to the Sofa Manager podcast. Have you uh, missed it? Oh uh, yeah, a little bit. The fans have certainly missed you. I know that. Uh, well, you're number one fan, eh? <laughs> well, the adoring fans <laughs> in the street often stop me and uh, tell me about their favourite character of the podcast, John, and I'm always thrilled <laughs> to hear about that you're the the number one person. So good. I sell the merchandise. Oh jeez. Well, if you well, we're in merchandise tonight. Actually, if I'd like j- jump up the way. Yep, and John's in merchandise as well. Slightly faded uh, after a tomato sauce incident. <laughs> well, I was going to say much like ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so well, you can talk about you... my hairline as much as you want. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you can compare. That's what the old episodes are good for: is comparing our uh, our physical progression. Yeah, uh, it's not going well over time. No. Well, <laughs> well, we'll see how we get on in the next episode six months down the line again. Uh, anyway. On this week's show, we'll be talking about uh, John's travels in and around the London area, going to see all the different leagues and teams that he's been seeing. I'll be talking about my job as a Stennis Muir cameraman and all the interesting goings-on and some of the funniness there, as well as uh, crying children and a swearing pastor. So, that should be good. Um, Shall we just get straight on with things? Fire away. Woohoo! My Sharona's yeah. back. We've continued to get copy right strike massively for the use of My Sharona um, in recent weeks. So again, I'll I'll think about the theme song going forward. So, John, do you want to start? Where on earth have you been since the middle of July, July <laughs> two thousand nineteen? Well, hiding down in London. <laughs> yes. Well, as I said earlier. On to our connoisseur. If you've been following our Instagram account uh, over the last few days, you'll be familiar uh, yep. with John's Indiana Jones and steadily. Uh, you found the colorize tool, I believe, I is what you've done there. Curves. Curves is brilliant. <laughs> curves. Absolutely brilliant. You've been editing the, the colours and things. You'll be familiar with John's uh, Johnson Travels. Also, if you're um, tuned into the SofaManager.com website, where I'm assured that there's a wonderful article about to appear on West Ham and yes. the game against West Brom. And uh, surely the comment on what is the most hideous kit in football currently. It is horrendous. Um, oh, no doubt. That, that'll make it. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, where do we start? You've had some funny catering experiences, I think, in your time uh, down south, have you not? Well, it's been a bit of a strange one. I mean, usually if you go to a Scottish game, it's always what it's a pineapple roll is the, the mm-hmm. staple. You come down here, and it's like it's like chips and a beer, mm. which is it's wrong in every way, apart from maybe the beer at half time. But uh-huh. it's, it's it's a lot to get your head around. <laughs> it really very, is weird, very nasty. and I everybody mean, has it. 
I mean, I know it's something I watched the other day. Um, there was a Copper 90 like thing from years ago about the West Ham fans talking about moving from Upson Park to the London Stadium. Hmm. And they were furious that you would get like your your mash and your gravy and stuff at the sort of wee sheds in the sort of the road up to Upton Park. Yeah. Um, whereas now, as we saw in our stadium tour, as you'll have seen, you know, visiting the other day, like there's Domino's Pizza and stuff outside. It's very commercialised now. It's Aye. It's going to be a bit kind of the other direction. Um, you can walk up and get a vegan hot dog or, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's not the same. And the atmosphere to the stadium is not the same either. Like I've, I've never been to Upton Park, really wanted to go, just too young at the time. Mm-hmm. But London Stadium is an impressive stadium. As a football venue, it's very much the jury's still out. Still, um, it's yeah, it's not quite there. It's not home really for them, and I think that's that's going to be an issue longer term because they are struggling on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Everybody's quite aggressive off it. You're in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. compared to what you would expect for West Ham, and you're you're effectively walk through what is just a shopping centre through into the stadium. Mm-hmm. It's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous trying to get in. Um, nice venue and all that it's like this, for a kind of an Olympic park it's probably one of the best out there as a football stadium it's maybe one of the worst in the Premier League big words big words well, um, I, don't, I can't think of anything that's worse in the Premier League than maybe the Olympic Stadium well that's the thing I think Tottenham got the better deal out of not getting yeah, that stadium exactly the although there's a horrendous bill. bill attached with that um, as they were the finances to cope like, yeah I think more importantly what we want to know is you know, the meat or the nitty gritty. Actually, no, let's let's get to the meat because you were very excited, I'm sure, at one of the grounds um, to test their grilling facilities. Um, I'm not getting involved in Dulwich Hamlet. <laughs> did, it's not happening. We, I'm not, not, not saying anything. Where did we go? The did we mention this on the podcast before? We probably did. I don't remember. But you were you were very disappointed. You saw a wonderful barbecue at one of these Just lower league for grounds. Looked wonderful. You were like, Joe Hart, I'm grabbing oh. myself a burger. And what did they do to you? Oh, they bunged it in a microwave. Oh, <laughs> in a microwave. Because <laughs> you complained, and the lot of social media people responded to you. That was um, horrendous. Horrendous. And you always feel really bad for doing things like that, because you're like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, thank you for getting back to me. Thank you for improving your catering. <laughs> um, no. So fill us in on what other experiences you've had, because you've now, have you seen like every sort of English division near enough? I don't think I've seen a league, a league two games with the only level two. I've not seen yet. I've seen from non-league south, which would have been kind of well United just up last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the second time I've been there. I went to see them play Eastbourne City in the FA Cup preliminary, mm-hmm. preliminary rounds. All right. Uh, National League would have been Leighton Orient and Dagenham and mm-hmm. Redbridge. League two haven't been. League one, Charlton when they were there. Championship Charlton again, Millwall. And then um, sort of Premier League games, West Ham, Chelsea. Um, yet to sort of go to West Ham, uh, Chelsea's the only kind of West End team I've really kind of seen. Mm-hmm. I've yet to kind of venture into kind of North London territories. I've never been to kind of Arsenal, Tottenham. Watford and um, cool. Watford are really far out. I've never realised how far away they are. Right. Um, but I do have Brentford coming up in a couple of weeks. It's the 8th of February. Uh, it was Middles crammed been. full this weekend for the game against... Yes, uh, Leicester. Leicester, there you yep. go. Um, Looked like a good atmosphere. They're about to be torn down, so that'll be an interesting experience. Well, this is it. I mean, I'd never realised that until a couple of weeks ago. I tried to kind of order the tickets anyway, and it was sort of 10 games to go type thing. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I kind of bumped up the list quite considerably. <laughs> uh, get that one off the list. So do you quite like the sort of accessibility of having such a range of football teams so close by? Because 
you know, Gang. here we're very restricted to kind of three or four at, at best. As a kind of locality, I mean, if if you're living up back up the road in Scotland, you definitely have to drive to wherever you're going. Mm. Down in London, it, it's probably one of the most kind of concentrated cities for football teams. I can't think mm-hmm. of another city that has so many teams at various levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you consider like Madrid, it's only really got maybe three, Darren would be able to explain this, three or four of the kind of La Liga teams. I don't think they've got much else below that. Um, I can't think of Paris having much other than PSG and Paris FC. Well, I mean, they, they played the other day, Paris Saint-Germain played in the Cup, a team from like the, I think the sixth tier of French mm. football and they were made up of PSG season ticket holders and fans well, were the players <laughs> fair enough uh, so they were they were just buzzing to play their their idols essentially yeah, they only got beat I think I don't know it was either like 2-0 or 6-1 it was something in between but they got some great pictures they got to switch the um, the tops with all the players and stuff like that so they were absolutely mm. buzzing I think more teams should actually do it especially if you're like playing rubbish over the winter break play a bounce oh. game against the fans and if the fans are better Sign them up. <laughs> Get them in. <laughs> so it could be every chance of in, in some circumstances. Could, could yeah, no, um, like I, said, I, I can't think of another city that has quite so much concentration of football teams at all different kind of levels mm. off that kind of professional game. So London's exceptional for that. Hellish expensive to get around. Some of the games are unbelievably expensive to get in, mm. uh, which is obviously a bit of a drawback because um, I'm not paying... 70 quid to go and watch West Ham play Everton that's just insane yeah the, the Premier League I, I mean, mean that's two duff teams I'm not I'm not going to pay that money no I think as well the nice thing again I have I've kind of lost interest in the Premier League and stuff like that Liverpool are kind of long in the distance now Man City Miles are ahead. just annoying at this point Man United are a little bit hilarious mm-hmm. um, and you know the, the relegation battle is the relegation battle but we're kind of seeing in the cup competitions that you, the championship sides are kind of very much holding their own um, in most circumstances and it's very competitive football with what is some very big teams even Portsmouth the day on match of the day had a big crowd um, and they beat someone decent as well I forget who um, so there's a, there's a lot out there that gets massively overlooked because of the Premier League um, mm-hmm. that's a real that's some huge huge clubs in the Championship absolutely ginormous I mean you're talking like maybe like Leeds Sheffield Wednesday two huge clubs mm-hmm. Charlton on their day are probably quite good, big as well West Brom, that if you're to come back again with the kind of West Ham West Brom game, West Brom looked more of a kind of Premiership team than what West Ham did, mm. and the the kind of people that I was kind of sitting around and kind of walking out the stadium with had roughly the same kind of view. I mean, you're talking like what Gareth Barry and Chris Brunt as our two kind of holding midfielders. That's what I was going to say. Stalwart mid, uh, kind of Premier League players, back even just they've a few been, years ago, they've like, been there for eight. He's thirty-eight, Gareth Barry. I know, um, and he was tearing it up. Like, um, Do you want to get them? I like that. I, I, thought, I thought they were a, they're a really good side to watch, and you know, if play them the with, if, if, oh, fantastic goal! Uh, picking up the edge of the box and just an absolute screamer uh, into the kind of side netting for the far far end. Um, even Matty Phillips had a decent game. Would you believe so? Oh, hooray! Hope, hope, Stephen wasn't, hope Stephen Clark wasn't watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Scotsman that actually did alright. He was playing at fullback though, which wasn't he? Which was like, uh, I was working a wing back. All right, okay. Uh, he did really well. I mean, he made. Cresswell look absolutely shocking. It's, uh-huh. um, they actually made them look a decent player. So uh, positives for them. I'm kind of worried about what you're doing behind the scenes. Actually. I'm raising my share. <laughs> 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 um, what was I going to say? I watched the highlights of that game actually. Charlie Austin didn't come off well because he missed some. Shocking. <laughs> well, for a start, his hair is straight out of the 90s. Yeah. Uh, blonde highlights have not been a thing for like 10, 15 years. 
Um, and his heading ability was just absolutely shocking. Oh, it's the one where the free header in the first half where he's 12 yards out. Completely free ahead, in this kind of space. And he manages to kind of head it wide. Shocking. Well, the, um, the goal that the end was at seemed to have some magnet that was pulling everything wide to the right-hand side. Yes. Yep. Um, which was like... And Mark Noble seemed to have a bit of a bee in his bonnet and tried to do everything himself at one point, which didn't, didn't quite pan out. <laughs> Mr. Um, West Ham. Oh, I know. But... Uh, Speaking of your, your Matty Phillips comment there, we seem to have another barrage of failed Scotsmen from the sort of Championship League ones returning north um, of the border. Mm. Uh, Liam Boyce in recent days signing for Hearts, Dylan McGeoch signing for Aberdeen. No doubt more to come. Uh, it, it's kind of yet another sort of failed batch of players that we seem to have sent down south to... Uh, to yeah, be returned. It's always it's usually just a kind of Scottish manager that takes them down as well. Like Jack yeah. Ross being a, a prime example of what he'd done for Sunderland. Yes. And he went down what he took uh, Don McGeoch, Lewis Morgan, and is it John McLaughlin, Carter School keeper? Yeah, I think, went down Sunderland. I think he's I think still, he's there, still though. there, though. John McLaughlin, uh, it's easier for a keeper, though, I think. I think so. I, you can sit on the bench. I, mean, I think Michael McGovern's still at Norwich, which he kind of says a, a lot because he I'm must sure be like 35, 36. Uh, yeah. He's a fair age. I mean, He's, he must be absolutely crazy money. Well, that's the weird thing, though. Like again, in these competitions, that Leicester team, like folk like Albrighton, and you were like, oh aye, and even like Chelsea, folk like Pedro, you're like, oh aye, I've not seen these they're guys. Still there. Yeah. Aye, in like forever. And again, uh, there was a good lad for Newcastle actually, Saint Maxim or something like that. Saint Maxim, I think they signed him from some French team over the summer. Over the summer, again, no seen much of him. Um, he's carrying the team. Uh, they recently signed Bentaleb from Schalke as well. Yeah, kind of interesting signing. Don't know why. Why alone? I mean, the thing is, I think they're, they're, struggling for, they're struggling for numbers. Well, the, the Newcastle signing policy has just been abysmal um, of late. Also, as well, I was hearing on the radio like half their backroom staff is called Steve. Probably. Um, like the manager's called Steve. The head scout was called Steve. The kit man was called Steve. Like head of recruitment was called Steve. I'm shy. Goalkeeper coach, I think, say Steve Harper. Aye, so it <laughs> yeah, was a bit, that of kind of a, thing. It's a bit of a Steve loving. So, if there were some tourists heading down south to Fair London, especially in the coming weeks, very exciting. No, I, I just couldn't yourself. <laughs> oh, well, there might be a wee sofa manager reunion, and they go, who, should, who would speculate such a thing? What would uh, What would you recommend? Do you think what's been the best experience you've had so far? Best since we last heard from you. I mean, it's a kind of one-off. It must have been the kind of playoff final, uh, Charlton Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Being of that, um, if you're looking for a kind of a, a, a championship team to go and see, it's reasonably priced. I, I would definitely recommend Charlton. Mm-hmm. You're talking maybe twenty twenty-five pounds for a ticket. It's a good a good game. You're talking sixteen, seventeen thousand crowd. Mm-hmm. Quite a good spectacle. I mean, they are playing okay. They've kind of fallen off a little bit from their early season kind of form. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the walk on the wild side, there's always Millwall, which is. It wasn't very busy today for their cup game or the other day actually. Yeah, it was Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. They were playing. Um, that was on the that was on the cards. If I wasn't going to West Ham, I was going to go to Millwall. Kind of jumping the kind of jumping over lines there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for a kind of Premier League experience and you do manage to get a ticket, I would maybe say like Stamford Bridge was quite a good kind of experience for a football game. I know it was mm-hmm. the FA Cup, but. It was quite a kind of, you're in a nice bit of London. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to get about if you're in that kind of the West End. Mm-hmm. Um, nice stadium. Um, it is going to be full of tourists. And that's to be expected because, you know, I was one of them <laughs> at the time. I think everywhere is kind of like that 
especially in the city. I think unless you go to places like you know Leicester and somewhere like Crystal Palace would probably be a, a good time. Palace, yeah, definitely Palace. I mean, I haven't really managed. The kind of further south London things been would have been Dutch, mm-hmm. uh, especially when they're playing the sort of ground shooting with Tottenham Mitchum, which was way way down. It's like the the last stop in the Northern Line. Right. If you know anything about the Northern Line, it's <laughs> ginormous. For any it rail enthusiasts forever. out there, uh, I think it's one of the longest lines. Um, if you are, if you want to go off the beaten track, Willing United definitely. Mm-hmm. It was a great wee day. It was a great wee park. Um, Terracing on either end, kind of old-fashioned kind of side stand as well. So decent level. You're talking Scottish League One, that kind of level, bottom of that kind of. Oh if you put, put them up against four funny with a reasonable game, you know that kind of. Thing. Oh, um, oh, don't even mention it. <laughs> but that's that's the all these different kind of levels you can go to. No, it's just oh well. Uh, to fill you in earlier, because uh, Mr. Brown here is not familiar with the the Liverpool score mm. uh, from earlier. They do drew two each with Shrewsbury um, at home. Uh, do you know who scored? No idea. Oh, uh, Shrewsbury, that would be... Oh, how would you Dochere? No, no. Oh. Close. He did play with Rangers briefly. Who else? Barry McKay? He's doing that way. No. Nah, no idea. What am I doing? No idea. What am I doing? Jason Cummings? Yes, Jason Cummings got two. Really? Is that against Liverpool? That's where he is. Blooming Shrewsbury. Oh, got him called up. Well, I, t- I tell you, there were t- the, the, the <laughs> second goal was all right, and I was like, I've never not rated him. Like, I've always thought he's all right. I um, give a good player in your team, but if he plays against you, he's a wee ball bag. Oh, I. I. <laughs> um, he's, but, he's up there, like. Well, two goals against. Uh, there's no many folk that have got a brace against Liverpool this season. I don't know, you know, whatever shape they were in. Uh, mm. But it's weird. Like the team also had Sean Goss in it as well. Uh, as well. Uh, former uh, Rangers as well. Former Rangers on loan. Did Cummings come on? Cummings blooming came on in the 60th minute. He didn't even start. <laughs> Man of the match. So there you go. Are they... That was a blast. That was a blast for the past and Saturday. Uh, remember Kyle Bartley? Yes. Uh, he was on the bench for uh, West Brom, came on for the last 15 minutes. Really? See, he, he was Rangers, wasn't he? <laughs> he was Rangers back, sort of back in the day. Aye, oh dear. Uh, it's funny where these guys all uh, like, <laughs> scatter to. I remember that guy. Like. But no, I thought it was uh, funny that Jason Cummings got a few, so uh, there you go. Uh, uh, fair Speaking of, you know, League One sort of level, let's drop <laughs> a further drop gear. Oh yeah. Down to League Two, where I have been plying my trade for the last six months or so. Um, <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, I was the cameraman for Stennis Muir Football Club from, I don't know, end, end of June? June, July, no. Oh, season with the start of June. End July, of June. August, end of August, start of, so start of September, I think is when I would have begun. Um, so, I thought... Give a bit of an insight as to what I've been up to because my responsibility was to A, put the full 90 minutes together and send it out to all the, the scouting people and things like that. Um, and if a bargain bucket. Well, that's the thing. You say, you send it off to all these people at these premiership clubs and it's like, they are not watching this. Like, And even if you are, you're not garnering anything from it because I'm filming, you know, I'm filming from a highlights point of view. I want to get the zoomed in shot of the goals and things like that. So you're not seeing the centre half and his positional movement on the counter attack, you know, when they're doing that. So that happened. It was a wee bit shaky to start off with. <laughs> um, 
but became quite smooth. So, for every highlights package that I've criticised out there before for being very shaky, there is no excuse. Once you've done it three times, <laughs> you should have actually figured out the general swivel movement of a tripod and how to actually be smooth with it. Um, you just pretend it's much heavier than it is and try and like kind of gently shuffle it into position. So, um, I always thought it was the opposite. I always thought these things were like they were kind of sticky, and you was like, just buy some WD forty and get it fixed. Like, no. <laughs> well, the problem with that is if you tighten it it's too much, it's kind of jerky. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. For video, you need to loosen it off as much as you can to get this. But then, when TNS came to visit Stennis Muir, I think this was about my second or third game. I was just getting the hang of it. I just got my graphics package together for the team lineups and stuff like that. The game blooming went to penalties, didn't it? And mm. I'm like, oh, well, we need more graphics for penalties. And I'm never going to use this graphic package again because we never go to penalties and anything else. Uh, so that was a waste of time. But it was also good fun because the TNS camera people came. I've got literally the Canon handy cam that I'm filming on just now, which is like the budget of the budget cameras. And they turn up with a tripod that was £20,000. So that Champions League money. Well, and they're, they're, they're sitting filming next to me, so Champions League money. <laughs> well, uh, they're named after the IT uh, guy that owns them, or the IT company is like TNS. Um, hence the new sense is just actually slightly made up. So they do have a bit of money behind them, but uh, mm. that was fun. I only missed one goal. Uh, and that was at Penny Cook Athletic when Stennis Muir punted out the cup by juniors, uh, very unfortunately, because they booted me out of the scaffolding, which they'd rented for the day, because uh, the SFA turned up with their big camera, they needed to film there, and the Penny Cook guy needed to film there. So he told me this beforehand. So I thought the best strategy was just to go up in the scaffolding, thinking I'd be easier to take down than I would, you know, not being there. So they... They graciously punted me off once I'd helped them up with their equipment, right? Mm-hmm. And then, did you see the Scottish Cup highlights from sports scene last weekend? I haven't yet. No, I must have Very clearly, let me adjust my chair again, I apologise. I seem to be <laughs> losing air pressure. So if you see me slowly sink... You didn't have a treadmill wet. it's not... It's an old chair. It's an old chair. You, you've been, you've been on the fitness game as well, though. I can get it with double chin. Oh like. no, no, he's been doing his his three k a day. Keeps the keeps the flab away. Um. Anyway, where was it? Ah, so I missed the goal at Penny Cook, and it was miserable and wet, but it was a cool ground. Um. To to see so, uh, but I ah, sorry the Scottish Cup highlights. They clearly put mm. the office juniors on putting it together last week and it was the order of it was all over the place like you usually put the interesting games at the start and like the rubbish stuff at the end they put the Air United Ross County one on at the start which was really bland and it was like a 15 minute highlights package I mean that was the biggest upset of the day really it it was but like I mean not really because Air at the top of the championship Ross County are sort of a middling lower end premiership team Ah, it's, not prim- it's not a championship team knocking out a premiership team. It's not the biggest, it's not the biggest it, deal. I think they were, they were struggling. I'm, I'm going to be I'm playing devil's advocate because I haven't watched it. Um, but well, it was the logic behind the must have been... minutes long. No, nah, no thank you. Um, the only time I saw it worse was there was a, a Scottish Cup fixture day where all the games had been like frozen off or something like that. And they had about three games and we ended up watching about 60 minutes of, I think, a Dundee United-Partick Thistle game 
Um, <laughs> that it was vaguely interesting because we nearly it was like those BBC Alba games they used to rerun the full ninety of after, which you know to put on in the background. Something that was all right. Uh, I hung around for the Falkirk Arbroath highlights, uh, which we are right at the end, and there was two highlights: one from the first half, one from the second half, both of which were terrible shots. Um, I was like. That wasn't worth my time. Well, this is it. Now, I mean, the thing is, if I want to watch Falkirk highlights, I just wait for Falkirk TV on a Sunday morning mm. and you get six or seven minutes. I mean, they just turn the volume down, don't listen to the commentary. But mm. it, it's actually a reasonable quality and you, you do get to see the goals. You see the game you want to see. Uh, certainly for the Scottish Cup, I'm watching, you know, Broxburn against uh, St Mirren or St Mirren Broxburn mm. doesn't really appeal. I think I think it does to, us, to a certain individual. I mean that's that. It's the trendy thing these days. Like the fixtures we see on the television, particularly for the FA Cup, are all the the smaller teams because uh, you know they've tapped into that sort of niche market. But I certainly mm. know watching highlights of East Kilbride against BSC Glasgow in the Scottish Cup. It was one of the best attended games that day, um, and it was a pretty good game. There was a few goals in it as well, so there is some interest to be had. But who was that played? Do you remember? Because they're not actually playing in BSC Glasgow, they're playing somewhere else. It's bizarre. It was a fairly, it was a it's, fairly newish looking place. Like it was there was, a, it's like Clyde or Airdrie, something like that. I'm sure it wasn't a Clyde or Airdrie. It, it's, it was it's something. Maybe, it's something for the listeners. The, the BSC Glasgow, I don't think, played at home as such. They played at a kind of neutral venue, mm-hmm. which I thought found bizarre. I don't know. You'll, you'll have to find out in the comments. But again. Shonky SFA camera work, <laughs> missing out on like you know the the goal would be like on the edge of frame and stuff like that, and it's like just take the feed from the clubs because the yeah, club stuff not. nine times out of ten is fine. Give them fifty quid and it's happy days. Like oh, well, that's, that's more than I got. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's, it's easy money. Oh, it's not easy money. <laughs> it's really not easy money. Because what you bear in mind, like, uh, what we had to do was you'd have to be there an hour before the game kicks off. You have to do the. You have to interview the manager when he's doing badly and doesn't want to talk to you, um, and then you do the the ninety minutes. You do the interviews after, which again, if they're rubbish and doing badly, they don't want to come out and speak to you. Mm. And I literally had a ten second interview with a player once because he wasn't up for chatting at all. <laughs> and you're like, this isn't great. And then you have to barge the lads out of the way who are waiting for flipping Kenny Miller and Tommy Robson to get selfies with them. Shame. Shame on them for being in a Stennis Muir stand and trying to get a picture with uh, Tommy Robson, by the way. Um, he's not he's not that famous or exciting. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you guys got that off your back. Oh, <laughs> I have an axe to grind. Um, and then uh, to do the highlights, which I usually didn't get up until like Monday or Tuesday, and they wanted them up sooner. And... It's a young man's game. <laughs> it's a young man's game, is what they'll say. Um, I mean, how, did you? In all seriousness, how, how many kind of like viewers were you getting a week for the highlights? Less than what? Less than what we get on the podcast. Ah, that makes me feel um, better. Like, uh, <laughs> well, thank you for everyone that's been subscribing. By the way, kind of taking away. I, I don't entirely like, know. Not been here. Happened. Like, not been here. Well, that's why I've been feeling guilty as well that we we kind of need to get back into the swing of things. So sorry that you have to put up with our our vague ramblings this week. It's not that. Structured. It's not, it's not the smooth experience you expect. <laughs> no, but it will be. It'll be getting better. We'll get I've got, we'll I, get I've got ideas. I've got ideas. Um, I'm trying to think. The, the fun thing about doing it though was I got to see a lot of grounds 
uh, that I wouldn't normally get to see. And it makes it makes my uh, ground groundhopper. Is that what the app's called? Aye, ah, you've been using it for. Uh, where are you using it? Occasionally, I use it. I, I kind of forgot sometimes. Um, and I think I only know you and our other friend Blair that seems to use it. Um, and I think his one was mental because he had like San Siro somewhere in France and somewhere down south as well. I forget where. Oh, he was but, at St. Mary's. Oh, I don't know. We'll need to get him oh, on boy. at some point and talk about his foreign land experiences. Mm. Um, but that was the fun thing is getting to see all these grounds and kind of tick them off your list because I know you've been to you know, 95% of them, but like going to like Glebe Park for the first time was amazing. I freaking loved Glebe Park. Um, and that's where the, the pastor guy there, who's the American guy, I've spoken about him on the podcast before. Love him. He's an absolute legend. But he kept calling one of their players Shagger um, all the time. And I, I, I don't fully know if he knew what he was calling him or if he was like, that was just the supportive vernacular um, as such. But it was, a, it was just a, it was a really strange, hey, Shagger, man. And I'm like, what? Whoa, okay. I won't explain. I won't explain. I'll just, you know, leave him to that. Uh, I hate footballers' nicknames, by the way, because they're they're all like that, and my highlights are full of the most foul and abusive language. If you want to see the worst one, it is Mark Wilson at, at Weekend at Breakin, By the way, he is the most Portsmouth manager I've come across. Shocking. Apparently, Paul, Paul Hartley was very bad for Cove Rangers as well, but I don't think you would be entirely surprised to hear that. Mm. And that was the one game I missed. But for that, my brother, who covered for me, who will be back on the podcast soon, hopefully, because he. He claims ownership of things he never did, such as designing the logo. <laughs> Not that I have an axe to grind about that as well. Well, he's in appointment um, now. It doesn't matter. Well, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. We'll keep it quiet. <laughs> this could be the exposure that sends things tumbling down. Um, he was standing next to the Cove Rangers analyst, and he was the guy that was responsible for telling the keeper which way to go. Um, and he gave him he gave him a direction now. How you would know which direction League Two penalties are going in is beyond me because there's 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 just nothing. There's no statistics on it whatsoever. So he told the keeper to go the wrong way, and of course he gets dogs abuse <laughs> off of Paul Hartley. Like, what, are you, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um, by gracing the grounds, I know you've been to them all. The highlights definitely Glebe Park and what's the one near Glasgow? Uh, Albion Rovers. Oh, that crumbling wreck. Oh, it was a crumbling wreck, but it was excellent because I was in the terracing. Unbelievable. But I get to be in the concrete terracing, which you're not allowed to go in because it's a crumbling wreck. Yeah, it has absolutely no like safety certificate. Like, Oh, it's hideous. There's like smashed glass. There's things growing everywhere. It's probably the, with asbestos. Well, it it, look, it was good for pictures, though, because you get that sort of like... It's the, it's the, look at the decrepit old stadium. Like. That's a bit. So I'll, I'll be sharing those, hopefully, on the Instagram, get that back up and running, as it already has been. Mm. But... That was one of my favourite memories because I was filming that game and it was one of the wee ball boys in front of us and he just, he, he didn't look like he wanted to be there at all. Well, nobody wanted to be there. Let's be well, <laughs> look, it was a very cold day, I'll tell you that. Um, but he wasn't, he wasn't really watching the match, paying attention. So it was up for a corner at one point. You kind of think you're safe. He's kind of been daft, looking left, looking right. And I'm kind of looking at him like, you have one job as a ball boy, hmm. all right? So you, you can guess what happens. The ball's cleared for the corner and like <laughs> the trajectory is freaking dead on, like absolutely dead on. He turns <laughs> round at the perfect time, it cracks him in the face, right? Just completely <laughs> nails him in the... And because oh, it's, come from, it's come from so far, this, this would have been, you know, 
a, a league two ball at sub-zero temperatures is not going to be a pleasant thing to hit nah. you in the face. And you know that pause you get before you know what's about to yep. happen? Yep. Burst into tears. Like, just completely breaks down in tears. I'm still filming all of this because the ball's still in the vicinity. Yep. And Stesmere manager, Davey Irons, because they're behind at this point, just comes, takes the ball, throws it at the steady player, and they play on. <laughs> Whilst the Albion Rovers physio has to like attend to this poor lad that's been smacked in the face with the ball. Oh god! But it's like, what do you, what do, you do? You've got to go and win the game, but he's just take the ball, shunted it off to the next end yeah. player, and away they went. I think they still lost that game, um, unfortunately. But that was karma. I th- I think so. But then that's the other thing, and that I seem to curse all the teams that I seem to join because. Uh, just before I left, Dennis Muir were on the track to being completely bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, picked up a wee bit now. Uh, they've replaced like six or seven players um, in the space of a week. Greg Spence, the new striker, seems to be the star one of them. He's been about for a while. He's pretty good. Like, uh, his boy here. He's still there. there he's signed on um, till the end of the season or whatever, extended that deal. And he looked good as well, he's kind of a strong guy. Uh, it's funny because you think, you know, I've never really been to many League 2 fixtures. I, I had my stint at Sterling Albion, um, mm-hmm. I suppose, before. It was fun going back there. Well, that was the other good memory about Sterling Albion was the security box is just behind us. So all the people that do, like, monitoring the crowd and stuff like that, which is actually quite an intense job, which I never realised. So he walks out and has a fart just on the top of the concourse, right next to the cameraman, and just turns around and is like, "Oh, sorry about that. I didn't realise you were there." I was like, "Why are you saying sorry? You just didn't do it in the first place, nice. man. What are you, what are you doing?" Um, and we then he went, "I can find space." Like, well, and it's, again, it's all in the ninety minutes of footage. So if someone's watching, if the guy for St Johnson's watching the you know Marky Monroe's analysis for that game, halfway through he's going to hear this. Um, which is bizarre but that wasn't the worst thing in that he proceeds to then like talk to the the other girl who's in there and essentially give like a disciplinary on something that happened at a concert two weeks ago and I'm like the the, the camera is like here right stop saying these things because the microphone's recording anyway and there was some football that went on at these sort of things less interesting Um, as well it is is less interesting Um, but sadly as we say, the the views weren't doing what Sofa Manager was doing, and uh, I took all I needed to take from it. And it's like, as I say, it's for young people that want to get involved in that side of things professionally and full time, because um, it it's a huge commitment. You have to have a lot of love and passion for your club to to put in that amount of effort for you know a little bit of return, but uh, not a, not a great amount. I don't know, I mean, it must be a great opportunity if you're doing like film and media studies to have that on your CV would be oh, quite aye. significant. So well, that, I think again, an opp- it should be an incentive for people coming to college to go into that kind of thing. Absolutely. And the club should encourage it because it's free labour, let's be honest. Uh, thing is, though, it was, uh, you know, comparing the experiences from where I worked previously as well, shan't name names, um, it was really nice because you walk through the door, you met everyone like instantly. Mm-hmm. You would shake hands with the chair people and stuff like that. Who wouldn't hide and leave matches early to avoid getting my car slashed? <laughs> yes, <laughs> just saying again. I'm not. I'm not naming names. Um, no, that did so, like Burns. Oh, no, but it is honestly, if you're looking for a club in Central Scotland, it's a brilliant place to get involved in, like 
they've got all their youth teams going all the way through. If the lads do well in the youth teams, they let them train with the first team, which I thought was a really cool idea. That's quite good. Um, and even it, like up from like the under twelves would be training to the first team, and then like the goalkeeper for the under seventeens, I think, was doing it recently. Um, so a really nice gesture, and uh, aye, it's definitely the they've definitely pitched themselves as a, a good community club, and I don't have a bad thing to say. Uh, they were just struggling a wee bit on the pitch, unfortunately, which I take full responsibility for. <laughs> um, again, I might have misidentified one of the strikers in an interview, but I, I chopped that out, so nobody... <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody really know. But uh, do check it out on Warriors TV, still on the go. Good still man there. Cameron uh, getting that stuff figured yeah. out now. Uh, You've made on the terrace. Oh my goodness! I totally forgot I about this! With that. I totally forgot about this! So, I, the, it was the Edinburgh City game uh, at Ainsley Park and th- for some reason the Edinburgh City cameras were there but the guy that usually does the Edinburgh City highlights, a guy called J- Jalen and this is one of the examples of people that are brilliant at the highlights, he has one of these Sony Alpha 7S cameras right Which, if you're I'll take a, cam- a nap <laughs> well if you're a camera nerd that is the creme de la creme of like consumer video cameras so their highlights look dead professional mm. uh, he wasn't there, some other guys doing it but they were filming it um, so, but they didn't put the highlights up for whatever reason. I did have the highlights. I did put them up, and they got pumped four <laughs> 0 that night. Edinburgh City absolutely dominated that game, and I can't even remember. Was it? They must have been talking about one of the, was it Scott Shepherd or Liam Henderson or oh, I don't know. They were talking about either Edinburgh City or one of the players, and uh, and my, like my highlights are on BBC Scotland, and I'm like. Yeah, some yeah, of my footage is on actual television. If I'm not mistaken, though, they gave their own credit. They put they credit gave Edinburgh, Edinburgh credit. City TV. A joke. Edinburgh City TV. And I was like, do you, do you, have you actually just like completely killed my moment <laughs> in the sunshine? Like, because, and the, what, do you know what? Hold on, as I've adjusted my chair. What bugs me the uttermost is they've given credit to Edinburgh City TV. Blandly, the, the, the score graphic in the top left hand corner. a Warriors TV thing. Yeah. It's a maroon, like, shade. And it's like, wh- why? What, you, 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 like, I, I honestly thought about emailing them and just scalding whichever researcher did it and, like, get some, like, copyright takedown notice and, like, say, you are required to pay the club a million pounds for use without permission and miscrediting of this because I was, I was that furious about it. Um, but who knows? A clip of sofa manager could be on there, and they might misidentify us as who would they miss? Who's our equivalent? Oh no! Open goal. Take a pick. Not quite. Not quite. So uh, well, that's the plan. That's why we're back on air. Um, well, not on the air as such. So I am going to continue trying to go along to the games and. Because it's a it's a weird way of watching football games behind the camera because you're you're focused on the game f- like through a a wee screen like mm. that um, and you don't you don't get to shout the abuse and kind of let your your weekly stresses and strains uh, leave you, which is kind of what you're paying money for at the end of the day, isn't it? So near enough, I to kind of relax for a couple of hours. Oh, I know. R- do, you think, do you think you'd ever do it? Volunteer for a a club nah. and do something. <laughs> You know me too well that I am not that unbiased. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nor do I have a filter every now and again. Um, I, do, I don't think I would cope. If I'd been anywhere near that kind of Falkirk establishment last season, I would probably be in jail right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 well. 
I can imagine you reading a microphone. Ah, but there's there's some people people around that. The, the guy we used to work with, Gordon, was absolutely hilarious and would tell. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was caught for streaking across the pitch and stuff like that at times. He didn't mince his words at all, and sometimes was the assistant commentator uh, when they had no one else to go to. Yeah, I think if you've been there for such a long time, if you do kind of build up mm. a kind of foundation, so if you start there and four or five years down the line, you probably start to get away with it a wee bit. But to come straight away and just have it would be unheard of. It's what it's what everyone's kind of there for. I know. Um, I saw a tweet recently about is it Tam the guy that's on Rangers TV? Uh, I, there's, I forget his second name, but there's Tam definitely something. a Tam. But I saw a picture of him on Twitter, and the caption attached was that I'm like not surprised that this is what Tam looks like. Um, <laughs> and he he just looks like some old sort of bammy guy, <laughs> um, essentially. Um, but. And that's been brought up on other shows before the sort of bias commentary and things like that, which will. But that makes club TV. I hate when people say, "Oh, it should be a wee bit more unbiased." Well, fairness to the other team. No, it torn in. Like, yeah. Well, to your own team more than anything else as well. Oh, both. Say. Who cares? We should maybe try uh, get our hands on some footage and give our own uh, sofa manager alternative <laughs> commentary because I do, I do have it... the clips uh, from Dennis Muir, so we could maybe put together the the ball boy getting hit in the face. Security guard farting. Mm. Uh, was it the English Premier League used to do like uh, fan commentary? Yes, they did. Yeah, go on YouTube and watch some of that. It's absolutely glorious. Bring it back. Sponsored by Sofa Manager or something along. Yeah, those lines. Why, why not? I mean, bring a bit of, kind of different entertainment to an otherwise dreadful game. Which is all too common. All too common in this day and age. Doing the Championship Friday night games. Better listen to Stevie, Stevie oh Thompson. Oh my gosh! Again, Ockies. I would honestly, because they got ripped to pieces in the New Year's only an excuse, and quite rightly so, because that yeah. coverage is They're so stale. Awful. That other that annoys me as well. Is it's always that um, oh, Liam something, this, the BBC Scotland commentator. It's not Liam McLeod. Yeah, Liam McLeod, who always commentates as if he's trying to make the show reel for uh, the start of Sports Sound. Yeah, he does. And it's like, stop it, Liam. Stop. And like, it was watching the highlights of the Celtic Partick Thistle game last week and he keeps on going about the treble. And I'm like... Shut up. Like, uh, yeah, and then he keeps on going about the treble treble and he talks about 10 in a row. I'm like, Liam, this is a Scottish Cup third round game and you're you're trying to make it some... He bugs me. <laughs> I've been a bit ranty tonight, haven't I? A little bit. They'll maybe make the highlight clips. Remember the highlight clips? One minute long. <laughs> Coming soon to Instagram near you. Um, and Facebook and uh, Twitter as well. Follow on all profiles at Sofa Manager, apart from Twitter, which is at Sofa Manager FC. There you go. Don't know how that happened. Uh, some furniture manager. But I, I would love to see more, you know, influencers and things like that have a go at the coverage instead of the instead of footballers. Like Stephen Thompson, bless him, tries his best, but. Oh, good grief. Um, there needs to be a more fan input rather than washed up footballers. Well, again, you know, why not have... They have their place, but not all, not everywhere, not all, every kind of why facet. Why not have the respective club commentators just do it when they come to their grounds? And yeah, why not? I don't, I don't think anyone's watching these championship games on a Friday night either, uh, unfortunately. I will if I'm home. I'll stick with the iPlayer. I, mean, I, last, I didn't watch last Friday so I was too busy doing other well, things like was, drinking that was a Scottish Cup game Dundee United against no no the uh, Dunfermline Hibs. Dundee game it was Dunfermline oh, Dundee so Friday night god you missed it how did you miss it come on like, 
I literally Ew. couldn't care about the championship. No. I mean, I barely care. <laughs> I barely care about Aberdeen, the flipping Premiership these days. I'm supposed to support them. Um, I don't. I've just been so turned off by like the the season so far. Like, I just don't. There's not. There's not a lot of meat to it so far in terms of. Uh, it's funny. It depends on who you're supporting. If you if you are an Aberdeen fan, this season is a bit of a kind of write off already. Yes. Uh, I think if you're Kilmarnock kind of fan, definitely the same. I think if you're if you're a Rangers and Celtic fan, this is a very interesting season for you. Uh, likewise, well, they, if you're a bit of they bottled fan, it today against Hearts, who are the biggest talking point of the season. Yep, for all the right and wrong reasons. Right to get the Levine wrong in every other way possible. Well, they used it's... to they used to fill us up with a lot of content on your comments, you know, on Levine and Co. Um, yeah, it's... I have the strong feelings about Levine, uh, not too akin to a Mister Michael Stewart, and that he's an absolutely horrendous manager and he should have been sacked a long time ago. I don't know. He I mean, plays horrendous football. It's very negative football. I will say that much, but it worked. I mean, the last time I remember him being a properly good manager was he did a lot of good things with a what was actually quite a strong Dundee United team when you yeah, look he... back. Um, and then uh, the Scotland thing did they pan out. Uh, the Hearts thing. Hearts are weird in that I think their infrastructure that they've built up and things like that is incredibly good. Like the facility at Tynecastle mm-hmm. is a good facility. Their youth setup is an extensive youth setup. You know, they have 10, 11, 12 guys coming through. Unfortunately, I think that's also their downfall and their detriment a wee bit as well because no one's really broken into the first team on like a permanent basis. They all get runs of games. Yeah, I think um, they, they let them in like him. And Hickey would be a good example. Harry Cochran's probably even better. They mm. say this guy came in the 16, you know, I think his first yeah. game was against Celtic. It's absolutely fantastic. Lit it up. And then it was like, oh, there's an expectancy on this guy now to perform to that level every week, and it was never going to happen. He kind of dropped off. He dropped off the radar completely. I think he ended up mm. in Dunfermline for the first Didn't half of this season. Didn't play many games for Dunfermline either. Didn't play many games. Again, looked out his depth. He's came back, I think, and he's. Kind of, he's been in and around the squad. Mm. Um, but then you're looking at Andy Irvin, who was at Falkirk last season and was probably the worst player there. Certainly the, the most anonymous. Is, he was the most anonymous player there. But what you have to bear in mind is, is it, must be very, it must be very difficult for a young guy to come into what is a horrendous footballing setup, if we're honest. Um, at the time, you're right. However, he didn't come in when it was bad, he came in at the start. When it was less bad, it was always it was always bad. <laughs> it was less bad. Less bad. It was less bad. I, again, um, he was also he, like eighteen at the time. He's only nineteen, twenty now. So yeah, so that's a strange one. Lewis Moore as well, who was again at Falkirk at the beginning of the season, started against the uh, Rangers today. Like, he? he was mm. absolutely. He, he hardly got a run in, in the Falkirk team, which wasn't difficult. He was up against Paul Dixon, and yet he's managed to like find himself in that horse team. And in a kind of win the side against Rangers, it's, it's bizarre. Like, yeah. I guess they're kind of they're kind of covering potholes in the jankiest way they can because I think there is there's a lot of deep holes in that squad that needs. Yeah. It's a massive I, squad as well. I know, which needs to be slimmed. And you look at the way, uh, you know, they they got rid of Whelan. They're currently trying to get rid of Berra. I think he's still on the books though, isn't he? And he probably mm. will stay on the books until the summer, probably. I think so. I, I'll be, no one will really come in from it. It'll be, I mean, he'll end up at St. Johnston or, or somebody like that. I, I don't I think don't it'll be. They, pay him them. they won't pay him his heart's wage and he won't leave for anything less. No, be, that's what I'm saying. He would have to leave. I can't see him going back down south, so he'll probably find himself a, a Scottish club. 
yeah, if Dundee United got promoted, maybe we could find themselves there. That that kind of level. Mm. And then it'll, it'll slowly diminish to the point where they'll end up playing for a kind of mid-sized championship team. Mm. And you probably th- finishes the career there. He'll, he'll do like what, what Darren Dodds did, um, David McCracken, that, that kind of thing. Do you think uh, Hearts will save themselves? Yes, I think. I will have a Hamilton are kind of nearest or closest. Good old Brian Rice doing the William Hill betting on his odds. The new, mm. <laughs> did you hear about that? No, uh, he was uh, he was he was caught doing a bit of uh, gambling, unfortunately. Oh dear, doing um, a so, black. Aye, <laughs> but there's not been that much said about it. I would imagine there was some. There would have been some pretty serious repercussions for it. I thought there would. That's usually a kind of absolute red flag for these kind of guys. I know. Uh, regardless of what you're betting on, Kyle Lafferty was one who got absolutely hammered for it. Quite right. He lost, he lost a lot of money in the same race. That's just because he was a bad gambler. Nah. <laughs> no one's a good gambler. Well, that's, well exactly. If we were, no, there wouldn't be any I gambling companies. <laughs> um, I should know. <laughs> we'll get to that later when we uh, return <laughs> with Ack Attack, maybe. I don't know. We'd have to look mm. up fixtures. That would be organisation. Um, no. <laughs> So, because we didn't do it, we didn't. I don't think we did a prediction show this year either. I, um, I don't think we did. With Rangers slipping up, do you think? And Gerard's known for slipping up, of course, as well. Um, do you think they will catch an overhaul Celtic this season? Not in the league. If they're, if they're going to win anything this season, it'll be the Scottish Cup. The Cup, yeah. Um, given the League uh, Cup performance, I don't know. I don't know what will happen. The problem is like. I can see them both slipping up and it's such a close rung thing that, you know, five points becomes quite a lot. I think the Celtic squad is stronger overall. Um, and Rangers are a bit... They've been so scattergun with all these guys they've been signing. Like, folk like Jordan Jones, who's barely played. The well, Leicester he's been, he's boy. He's yeah, I know, but he's, even when he's been not injured... And then they, they offloaded those one of those creation boys recently. The Leicester boy that was on loan—it's just they're burning so many, so much cash. And Morelos is not soup de jour. Why is he not soup de jour this week? What did he, what did he do? Is this going to anything to do with the Celtic antics? Possibly. Possibly. I don't I know if he remember. was suspended. I don't, I don't know if he was injured or suspended, but he's he's always in some form of controversy. Um, unfortunately, again, it doesn't seem like he's going to move again, which kind of surprises me, but. Um, don't know who would take him an English, an English Premiership team will, will not touch him yes, again as I said earlier I think our league's a massive risk because I was looking through stats today of I can't even remember it was Gary Hooper's birthday today that's what it was it was random <laughs> I was looking up his statistics and like he's kind of average kind of throughout his whole career in England and stuff and then he gets to Celtic and his like, goals go through the roof and it's like, well, if you're playing with Celtic in Scotland, you're going to score a lot of goals. You should be scoring a lot of goals anyway. Yep. Mm. And there are exceptions to the rule in that, you know, Moussa Dembele at the moment seems to be quite highly rated. Although I don't think he's scoring that many goals with Leon, truth be told. Um, I don't think they're doing all that great anyway. Like. Well, and beyond that, we've had success with the likes of your Van Dykes, your Robertsons, Wanyama as well. You know, John McGinn. Uh, but then, at the same time, you take the risk on folk like, you know, Liam Boyce and uh, Dylan McGeoch and who else? Probably folk like Graham Shinney and stuff as well, who's no getting the game for... Just for he's Derby. disappeared as soon as he went down to Derby. It's, 
I, again, I thought actually he might be coming back up the road this this January, but it's, it's never materialised. Mm. Uh, Summer maybe. That, back to Aberdeen. Well, it's interesting with Aberdeen in that I, when I'm reading their comments at the moment, everything just says McInnes out. Um, and I think with Stuart Millen kind of moving on, he's he's not got that brick-solid relationship with the chairman you know, he's always had. Mm-hmm. So going forward, it'll be interesting to see kind of what they what they think. Because I, I think back to like when Jimmy Calderwood was manager at Aberdeen and you had you know some brilliant highs and some kind of low lows. I love the place finishes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you didn't have that consistency. And then they switched up for a while. Craig Brown didn't work out. Mark McGee didn't work out. And for a long time, they were in the bottom six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, do you want to go back to that or do you want to keep the stability of staying in the top six? But then be, go for it. I don't really know what you expect. You're a top four club. You're never going to be top two anymore, realistically. They should be a comfortably top three club. Um, oh, really? I well, don't like, know. You look at, I think at least Aberdeen have twice, if not greater, the budget of Motherwell, who are, what, five points above them? Yeah, who are having an exceptional season. And certainly over the last 10 years, they've, they've had that in their, in their locker. But, but you, look at what, you look at what Motherwell do in that, you know, they get good players, the players are sold. They then have to start again. I, they've got a fantastic kind of scouting policy and, and recruitment uh, in the background. And why if can't Aberdeen, we do that? Well, why this was what I said. If you're Aberdeen, you ideally would just lift that from Motherwell and stick it back up in Aberdeen. Because the players that Motherwell are bringing in are clearly top three quality. Mm-hmm. So and they're, paying, they're paying like half the wages. That half half the wage. There's a great kind of atmosphere and team spirit about that Motherwell team. They play really exciting football. Um, out with kind of maybe Celtic and Rangers, they are the most exciting team to go and watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my opinion, I think there's some really good players in that team, uh, some good youngsters coming through as well. Uh, in terms thing. of in terms of Aberdeen, though, I, I I don't know if you would class them as a, a top three. Would you really have them as the third best team in Scotland? I think they they on their track record on the money that that we they would be spending. I mean. Are they currently the third best team in Scotland? No, I don't think they are the third best team in Scotland. There's a lot of problems there. Um, and the, they would be absolutely decimated if someone like Sam Crosgrove were to leave in the summer or mm. something, say, or, or January. Um, and I've been saying for years that there's, there is going to be a, an ebb down the way, which is kind of yet to materialise. But, you know... They it must be close, though. But the, th- the problem is that the, they're going to finish in the top six at the moment because there's a comfortable margin back to the likes of Livingston and Hibernian. Um, mm. Hibernian are probably the danger men of, you know, the kind of rising up the league. I think Livingston, again, will probably just be happy to stay up. Uh, oh, absolutely. That's, that's all they're, they're going for. I still don't understand why Lyndon Dykes turned out to be an all right striker. Um, so Played the right system. What? If he's played the right system, it's obviously working for the guy. I suppose. Craig Sibbald signed a deal until 2022 the other day. Mm-hmm. Staying at Livingston. Again, he's getting bogged down in a club where he barely plays any football, but okay. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. It looks like um, a championship will work. Before we go, good signing for Aberdeen and that Matty Kennedy boy that's come from St Johnston. I was going to say, is that... Is he actually coming for January, or is he? No, he's he signed. He pre- started. PCA'd. He started against St Mirren uh, today. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, so I think, I think it was fairly confirmed. Um, so much I'm paying attention. 
He's he's a very exciting player, and then the absence of folk, you know, losing Mackay Stephen and stuff in the summer, and McGinn kind of being more of a bit part player now. Mm. He's a bit of the flair they need, so we'll see if that pans out. But uh, championship, it looks like Dundee United have kind of finally got their act together, coasted it. They'll win it by March. Um, I, I think you know they have a very good manager now in Robbie Nielsen, um, and they're they're very fortunate to have him and getting. Just Shankland, I think, was all they needed, really. That's all they needed, yeah. I mean, like, the foundation was there. There's nothing else really in that championship that could even remotely compete. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shankland was the kind of missing piece, but it looks like things, plenty of goals. Um, some of the kind of creativity is all behind them. I quite like um, Zip McMullen, mm-hmm. Sam Stanton. Uh, I've always liked McMullen. He's always been really fast and stuff like that, but uh, just never quite materialised, did it? Mm. So it's, it's worked out well for them. Um, I've, I've got to admit, though, I was, I'm kind of disappointed in Dundee, despite how they've reacted. Um, Fourth and 29 points, minus four goal difference at the moment. Uh, that's ridiculous. I'm Dundee amazed. United 53 points, Inverness 35, Air 34, and Dundee in 29. Yeah, it's, there is a distinct gap mm. uh, between there. That's probably how the legal finish as well. I think Dundee should just about hold on to fourth. It'll be. Will, will that be Dundee will play Air or Inverness in the playoffs? Probably. Um, play. I would expect probably Inv- I think Inverness will do alright there. They would probably end up playing like a St Mirren or something like that in the end. Yeah. Could end up playing Hearts? I don't know. I think Hearts will be alright by that time. Um, well, you never know. It happened. It happened in previous years. Um Everyone else kind of middling away until you get down to Alloa and Partick Thistle, where Kenny Miller has uh, just departed over the last week. Um, do you think mm. it's maybe time just to, to throw in the towel? For Partick? I don't know. No, for, for Kenny Miller. Oh, Kenny Miller? Aye, definitely. Um, punditry awaits. Yeah, it's... I can't, it, I can't see him moving out the management quite yet. It's it's not a f- it's kind of awkward to see these guys just fall down and down and down and I know they're still keen to play football and Kenny probably still has it in him but there know. has to be a point unless he's going to go to some kind of League One or League Two team Falkirk and um, we've got too many strikers as it is but the only I, people I that can afford him well this is it as well um, Wraith maybe but I can't see him going to a kind of five team ideally be looking for someone in the central belt. To coach um, with as well, if, it, if that were to be there. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it appeared at Airdrie one day, I wouldn't be surprised, that, that mm. kind of thing. Just just as I kind of take them over to the end of the season and retire and hopefully move into coaching or, as I suspect, maybe it'll be punditry. Probably. It's a, it's a shame for him at BT are losing the rights to Scottish football because he's already in the door. He does the Europa League stuff. Oh, does he? Yeah. That's all right. Um, he's usually in Europa League Thursdays. But everyone just seems to go about these days anyway. Like they're they're all on all three platforms some of the time. They're not. No one ever appears on Sky and BT together. But they'll do like Sky and BBC or BT and BBC, or like BT, BBC and Premier Sport and like. So all the poor people that the dream of being pundits it, it puts puts shade to that that they're just picking the same people all the time and not that I harbour that aspiration at all but uh, <laughs> uh, no I, I genuinely I genuinely don't but I'm just saying for, for other okay. people <laughs> don't quote me out on that uh, so to League One um, I really wish we'd done predictions on League One <laughs> to see how we thought Falkirk would get on. Um, Wraith first on 42, Falkirk second on 41, Airdrie on 38, East Fife falling back a bit now on 33. 
his fouls down on his fouls after they have a really good spell at the maybe November time and then drift away it happened last season so East um, Fife are part time Airdrie are part time they are kind of a bit of a hybrid so I think okay, some so of their squad is full time I think they're trying to get that the kind of model that's a really United, weird one Airdrie did that a couple of seasons ago uh-huh. Um, and Wraith, I think, are just about full time as well. I think Wraith, I think apart from like their most, goalkeepers most or something like that, I'll be the majority of the squad will be full time. I mean, what constitutes as full time? This is something a lot of people have been saying. The only time I've seen Falkirk this season is when they were on telly against uh, Lunlithgow Rose, mm-hmm. um, in what was one of the worst football games I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Um. Unfortunately, Lithgow didn't hold it together and Falkirk managed to kind of stumble their way <laughs> to a victory. Um, and it seems to be kind of what they're doing here with the sort of... I mean, look at the 31 goal difference. Well, this is... I mean, if you take out the McKinnon kind of results, mm-hmm. we're absolutely storming it. it yeah. We're almost unbeaten. And then you factor in his kind of nil-nils, one-ones. It's kind of hampered the season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite how long we can kind of keep the momentum going how long Wraith can hold their bottle for uh, I think the next They're, time we play Wraith we play Wraith on a Tuesday night so the next game it's the mid, beginning of March it's, it's becoming March. a classic rivalry between Falkirk and Wraith now though I always feel it's, like it's a, it's a good old fashioned kind of five Falkirk derby yeah well they've uh, been involved I'll, in I'll so many playoffs I'll the game oh uh, well <laughs> I'll go on your behalf shall I no I won't go I, no I'll come up for it it's <laughs> Yeah, so we will. We'll, do you think Falkirk will pull themselves together and win the league, or do you think they'll have to play off it? No, I think they'll win the league. Um, I'm quite confident of that now. Okay, we shall wait and see. New management team in there, a few new signings through the door of January. Stranraer at the bottom in 13, 4 for second bottom. Uh, and they look a bit adrift to Peterhead, so that looks to be kind of stunning, dusted. Set on things. Now, to my expertise, because I've seen all of them. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking. I actually think I have seen all of these teams play Stennis Muir at some point. Uh, the two big players in the league this year, Cove Rangers and Edinburgh City. Cove Rangers are very much the Man City of League... Well, not the Man City of League 2. Uh, well, the, the Gretna Green, uh, so to speak. They're the sort of big budget men. They got folk on loan that should really have been Championship and League 1 players. Definitely. Apart from the Fraser Air debacle. Uh, where he was like sacked like two days before his contract finished or whatever mm-hmm. uh, for being a general plonker. Um, but they got beat by Stennis Muir early in the season, so they're not infallible. Um, and I do believe that Paul Hartley is a completely inept human being. So there is only so far <laughs> that a success will run. Um, I actually... Lo- I thought Edinburgh City were a good wee team. They were very lucky to have some like ex-full-timers who kind of look like they have the ability, but it's one of these things that just keep kind of stumbling every now and then. Yeah, they don't don't quite have the kind of team or the squad to kind of keep pace with the money that Cove have. Cove are getting good attendances as well. I mean, they're probably... Mm -hmm. You're talking 800-900 a game. I know. Some are touching a thousand if Aberdeen are are away from home. It's good that they're pulling something a bit different in the league because there's a lot of stale teams in this league that barely pull anybody. Uh, well, I, mean, I was, was going to say the exact opposite to that is probably Edinburgh City who only have a couple hundred at most oh, such a weird place because they, they literally tear down all the Spartans signage to put up the Edinburgh City stuff and it's like it should be it should really be the other way around um, that brings up mental. another it brings up a kind of 
contentious topic, but why do they not just amalgamate? Uh, I mean, it would it would make sense for both of them in that the top talent from Spartans then go on to sort of semi-professional football, and like League Two has actually been a really good proving ground for a lot of the a lot of the young guys to kind of start their their careers. Exactly. Um, you keep you keep Spartans as the kind of feeder team. Yeah. You could even run it as a reserve team if you want. It's probably some old fussy men in a boardroom that just wouldn't. Oh no doubt it'll be the Inverness Caledonian and Thistle argument all over again. Yeah. Uh, oh goodness sake Annan have got their act together after being relegated Stennis Muir on 20 Breakin on 15 at the bottom they're doomed um, they might fold as well that's crazy aye because they've been relegated well so this will be the third on the bounce if, if, if they fail if, at the kind of playoff stage if they fail at the playoff stage which you might expect them to do um, well, well I'm not too sure who's at the top of the Lowland and Highland leagues it's um, I wouldn't be surprised it's like East Kilbride I'll be kind of riding high It usually was East Kilbride um, I'm not too sure it'll be top of the Highland League out of Cove or out the window They probably wouldn't be as much of a threat as Cove were um, Cove had other Cove were geared for it It was just a matter of time and oh. unfortunately Berwick were the, the kind of fall guys I mean these things happen a bit but it would kind of be a shame to, to lose but you actually you look into a parallel universe where they don't get promoted that season to the championship purely in a kind of fluky playoff game, was it not? Essentially, they well, they beat Breakin. Eh, they, no, they, they beat Wraith in the first two games, uh-huh. and then I think it was Alloa. Is Alloa? I think it was Alloa. No, was Alloa were, were Alloa not up with them? Mm, maybe. Oh, who's it? Because it was definitely Wraith in the kind of semi final. Yeah. Who would have been the final? Write in if you remember that. Yeah, leave comments. I'm struggling. There will, there will, be, there will be a few people that Google it tells us we're idiots, even though they didn't know it either. Um, <laughs> looking Way towards, to keep the Looking towards the bottom. Seventh, Queen's Park. Uh, they're interesting because they're moving away from Hamden-ish at long last. Um, probably happened after the summer. And they've now lost their amateur status as well, of course, haven't they? So. Mm. And St. Ray McKinnon that's just gone from bad yeah. to worse. Oh, yes. Who believed... Oh, what was the article I sent you the other day? It was like, I didn't um, make that many tactical mistakes when I was at Falkirk. Oh, he didn't make any mistakes. <laughs> he didn't make any tactical judgments. Oh, I know. He was hopeless. Oh, well, we'll see. Uh, he signed all the Falkirk duds as well. He signed uh, Ross McLean. Uh, Ian McShane might be going there as well. Peter Grant is signed for them as well. I've seen that the other day. Well, Queen's Park. Yeah. Oh, that's. That, he, that's he got released from Morton. That's him now playing for Queen's Park. I don't think his legs can take it, to be honest. I yeah. don't get that because uh, who's well, that? Well, he done his he done his ACL in each leg. But like, which is usually game over. But like, he was head and shoulders better than someone was. Like Paul Watson was his name. Watson would have been the kind of. Uh, I would have been Watson. Gasparotto would have been there at the oh, time. Good. On the season after the cup final. Good. Um, but like Watson was never a good defender for anyone and he was scoring for Dundee United the other day and you're like how how That's football's like a funny and, thing sometimes him and Mark Reynolds at the back I think he's still playing I think just about it was crazy that's the thing about League 2 as well, is I kind of thought, oh, I'll maybe be able to scout out like some future talent here that people might not know. No, no. Nah. And it is it's like... It's usually the other way around. It's so hard to put together good teams at this level because you're you're taking a pot shoot at part-time guys that used to play, play professionally that you're hoping are motivated enough to come and help you out. 
mm. uh, which isn't quite often the case, but uh, nonetheless. So we'll see how they go, but it looks like Cove Rangers to win that, Edinburgh City to play someone in a final of a playoff. Yeah. Um, and Cowdenbeath have sorted themselves out from their uh, previous uh, bottom finishes. So, mm. speaking of bottom finishes, I think that we're about uh, finished as well. We are now done, nearly. Yeah. The rest a, of the field I've got, I've got about an hour on my <laughs> clock here, so I, I think we managed to drag that out long enough. Uh, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks for uh, some more content, hopefully some slightly more structured chat. But I think it's been good to catch up, Sarah. We've shared some stories, what we've been up to. Where it has. Been at. It's been good. Uh, I'm glad to have you uh, back on, John. Hopefully the viewers and the listeners are glad to see us as well. Be sure to kind of share it around and things because I'm sure the message won't get out that quickly because people are not necessarily anticipating it. Who knows? They might well be. Um, and yeah, tune in next week, same time. All the same platforms. Hopefully. Spotify, <laughs> uh, iTunes, Anchor, YouTube. YouTube. And if in, ever in doubt, follow us on social media and go to sofamanager.com for some further in-depth articles and John's thoughts more in-depth on the recent West Brom West Ham game. Okay. So it's a uh, thank you for listening for myself, Paul. Cheers, guys. All the best. And have a... I've not done this in ages. Have a good evening. <laughs> A good afternoon and a good morning. Bye-bye. Goodbye.